this is WTM Watch This Movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. WTM. Watch this movie. Welcome back to WTM. Watch this movie. I am Eric Mulder. You're sorry. Check my shorts for Christ's sake. Joining me once again is Mr. Positivity, Brett. Chicken dippers! Chicken dippers. <laughs> yes. Oh, big episode today. Yeah. $90 million I heard it made. Over $90 million. I saw that number two made $6 million. <laughs> We were talking, of course, about It Chapter 2. We're talking about it. <laughs> two. Those of you new to the show... Um, these recently seen episodes that we do, we talk about recently seen movies uh, without spoilers. We give them a rating. And then uh, at the end of the episode, we do what's called a movie challenge where we challenge each other to watch a specific movie. Mm. Well, the last recently seen episode, we just decided, well, let's challenge each other to watch It Chapter 2. And then in the movie challenge section, we talk more in depth about said movie yes. with spoilers. Mm-hmm. So. We'll start this episode with uh, It Chapter 2 without spoilers. We'll talk about a few other movies, and then we will get into spoilers after we kind of wrap up the show. So those of you that don't want to have it spoiled for you, haven't seen it, uh, you can uh, check out when we sort of sign off. Yeah. Do you want to go over the uh, rating system? Uh, Sure will. We have a five-tiered rating system. Similar to a five-star rating system, but it's a little different. Uh, we have five categories. Let's start at the bottom here. Okay. <laughs> the bottom category is WTM Never. Watch this movie never. These are the worst movies that are not worth your time at all. Yes. Steer clear. Piles of shit. Mm-hmm. Rocky Five is a good example. I usually use that as a prime example. Who's that one that I put in there with, uh, is it Naomi Watts in there? And then her son is like comatose or something. Shut in. Is that what it's called? That was a, that's a WTM number. (laughs) Uh, to be honest, we don't rate that many movies never in the never category because we kind of know what we like. We don't come across too many movies that are just that disappointing or that shitty. Even so, like, we're movie fans, so, mm-hmm. like, it takes a lot to get to the never category. Yeah. Like, usually you can find something that's redeeming about it that's like, all right, it's it's not a good movie, but I liked this about it, or somebody might like that, but yeah, the nevers are ones where we watch the whole thing, and it's like, I regret watching that. Mm-hmm. I love the Rocky movies outside of Rocky Five. <laughs> is a complete train wreck mm-hmm. uh, next category up is last resort wtm last resort these are movies that uh most likely won't you know be worth your time but uh there's movies in this category that we both like or enjoy yeah. uh there's usually at least something redeeming about it something mm-hmm. likable uh but you might watch them and actually find that you like them quite a bit so yeah. It's kind of a, if you're looking flipping around TV, there's nothing, there isn't anything else on that interests you. Yeah, you can give it a try. Maybe you'll like it, but yeah, there's usually something in there to uh, kind of keep you invested, mm-hmm. at least somewhat. Yeah, but it's not something you have to go out of your way to see. That would be saved for the next step up. Eventually, watch this movie. Eventually, we think it's good enough and it's worth your time. You should watch it before you die. Or yep. if it's currently in theaters, you should watch it in the theater. Because mm-hmm. that's always the best place to watch a film. Most of the time, depending <laughs> on your theater experience. <laughs> and my experience with it, chapter one, was one of the worst theater going experiences I ever had. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. People just laughing throughout the whole movie during like the most 
you know, the quote unquote scary parts and the, yeah, the murders and stuff. And I was like, I think it was like a group of like 12 people. I think they were all high. I can imagine. And like, this wasn't the it miniseries with Tim Curry. It wasn't that funny. <laughs> Pennywise has some darkly comic moments. Yes, but not laugh out loud. Funny. Yeah. For the most part, that's a, it's a bad reaction to, to have, mm-hmm. but you know, you should always be courteous in the theater. <laughs> hey, far be it from me to uh, stop people from enjoying a movie, but they were going about it the wrong way. <laughs> Uh, next category up, the fourth category is WTM Soonish. These are all great films. They're definitely worth your time, and you should kind of prioritize them. Watch it sooner rather than later. That's kind of what our categories are about. We try to yeah. prioritize your film viewing. And the, the tippity-top of the five-tiered pyramid is... The ASAP category. Watch these movies as soon as possible. These include films like uh, classics, uh, iconic films, uh, important films. Yeah. In terms of, I guess, not important for the culture, but like it was revolutionary in the way films are made or mm-hmm. something like that. It's pretty rare that we give movies this rating as well. We usually always give it to our favorite movie of the year. And then also some other rare occasions. Yeah. You've given it out a few times. I've given it to one movie outside of my favorite film of the year over the past few years. Yeah, I think I had uh, a couple of recent movies that I really, really liked that I rated as ASAP. Blind Spotting was one of them, right? Blind Spotting was one. And then Us, I really liked. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a couple of classic ones I rated. Uh, as ASAPs were, uh, The Birds. Yep. And then uh, the original, A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. We also list these ratings on our website at WTMWatchThisMovie.com. All the movies that we've rated are on there outside of, over the past year, there's some episodes that I haven't updated yet mm-hmm. and added them to the our complete list of movies that we've rated. But like Us, for example, you gave that an ASAP rating. Yep. I liked it less than you. I gave it an eventually. So on the website, it'll probably be listed as soonish. We try to meet in the middle. Yeah. If you rated it soonish and I gave it eventually, then we kind of make a decision. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. Uh, sometimes I let you have your rating. Sometimes I sometimes, go with my rating. Sometimes you let me have my rating. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a give and take. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um should probably give a special thanks to our friends from across the pond, Movie Drone, Steve and Mark. Just listened to their newest episode on uh, Informer, which is a movie which, that doesn't come out here until January. Which, which may or may not be in theaters in the next three or four months. Yeah. So it's usually a bad sign when a movie is released in the States around January. Yeah. Unless it's a, a big budget movie. Because it means it's not big budget and it's not going for awards. So they're like, eh, we'll release it in January or February. <laughs> and I've seen zero advertising for it. Like I've mm. seen a lot of the a lot of trailers for stuff that comes out early next year already. That is not one of them. Mm-hmm. I had not heard of it at all until they mentioned it. Yeah. So And uh special 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 thank you to Mark. He bought one of our new shirts. turn into a real mark shirt yeah glad he likes it so uh you know what's uh really confusing is we thought we were talking to steve Mm -hmm. but apparently we're talking to mark because they share a twitter account yeah and then uh they don't always say who's who's communicating with us i mean with the show mark does have his own twitter account but i think steve does too um i followed mark he followed me back Mm -hmm. i don't think i follow steve yet yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember. But anyways, we appreciate uh, Mark's purchase. Mm-hmm. Steve's uh, already bought another shirt anyways. But I know. Maybe, maybe he'll get a mug with it turning into a real Mark. <laughs> uh, yeah, or uh, I mean, there's tons of stuff on there. <laughs> Mugs, stickers, tote bags, hoodies. You can get a onesie if you have a small child. Who's being a real? <laughs> who's being a real Mark? 
kid is being a real fucking mark. Uh, where can people find this lovely merch? That is at teespring.com slash stores slash WTM. Watch this movie. And we do have a promo code to get you 10% off that may or may not be working. It is horror because we are in the midst of our horror extravaganza, which lasts from September all the way through Halloween. Two months of horror movies. So I just got a DM. I've been DMing with Teespring for the last week <laughs> about why doesn't our uh, promo code work. And they just sent me one. This is uh, the first one I've gotten since uh, Thursday. Oh, I take that back. Friday morning. It says, we're so sorry, but we'll, you will need to send an email for tech support. I see so to be continued, yeah. I bought some stuff and I was able to get the promo code to work for one of my items, but not the other two. Yeah, so and you can give it a try. I've tested it and it's uh, it doesn't look like it's good. They guessed it was because of our pricing was too low, but there's no way they said the stickers were too cheap. And to be honest, the stickers are one of our biggest profit items on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely not that. Yeah. I mean, you're welcome to wait until the promo code officially works, but, uh, I mean, it's 10% off. So mm -hmm. like the money goes back into the show, you know, helps us, you know, if we want to upgrade our equipment or if we want to, which we will be doing in the next month or two. Yeah. Or if we want to pay to watch the movies to review on the show, I mean, it goes a long way for that. Um, so you know, if you like you like Eric said, you're welcome to wait and save your ten percent. But you know, we really appreciate if you uh, you know feel obliged to go ahead and make a purchase without it. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, we'll keep trying to get it to work, and we'll let you know any updates that we find, and uh, hopefully, we'll get it fixed soon. Yeah. Uh, anything else I'm missing? Before we get into our recently seen films. Podcoin. Well, what's this? What? <laughs> Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? <laughs> so I I recently discovered this new app <laughs> called Podcoin. <laughs> Have you heard of it? It's a new it's a brand new app. I've heard people talking about it. And uh it pays you to listen to podcasts. That it does. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I uh, I finally upgraded my phone so I could uh, get on Podcoin, which uh, oh good for you. And how was it? Yeah, it's pretty simple, pretty easy. Got a I got a ton of podcasts on there. Pretty much all the podcasts I listen to, I've been able to find. Uh, so I'm happy with that. And then it lets you accumulate points or whatever that go towards gift cards or you can donate them to charities or whatever mm -hmm. uh i think steve and mark in the uh in the uk they're all about feeding the animals so they use their points <laughs> to help feed animals you donate to charity well they'll like our motel hell episode then <laughs> of course because it takes all kinds of critters <laughs> <laughs> to make farmer vincent fritters <laughs> so uh and then as of today uh it appears that WTM is a bonus podcast on Podcoin, so you get even more Podcoins for yeah. listening to our episodes. The uh, the bonus podcasts, you get more points as you listen, so you're able to accumulate points faster. Yep. Because, you know, some of the big stuff, it does take a while to accumulate. But ask yourself, the other podcast platforms you use, are you getting paid? No. I don't think so. No, you're not. <laughs> and like I said, it's super easy to use, very user-friendly. Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah we encourage you to uh check us out on podcoin last time i checked our cover art hadn't been updated yet but hopefully that changes soon because we finally changed the official cover art to our podcast yeah and it's reflected in both apple Podcasts and stitcher but not yet on podcoin although they do list uh episode cover art yeah and the most recent episode on there so far is the new is the new the new logo cover art so yeah so in case that confuses you when you're looking on different platforms 
It's us. Because we're also on Spotify now as well. We are. Mm-hmm. I know people love their Spotify. Yeah. I've never used it before. I haven't either. I heard it. But uh, all the kids are talking about it. I heard it. you got to pay to use it. But uh, I don't know. People love Spotify. People are always asking for podcast recommendations on Spotify. It's pay to use it. What do you mean? Don't they charge a fee? Or do they have like a free version and a pay version? I don't know. They must have a free and a pay because I downloaded the app and they didn't charge me anything. Hmm. And they didn't charge me anything to uh, add the podcast. I know SoundCloud, at least used to, charge. Interesting. That's why I never went on SoundCloud. I go, I'm not, I'm not going to pay to have people not listen to the show. <laughs> well, I thought Spotify, like they had a, maybe they have a free version with ads that they put in there. And then, uh, at least for the music part, I don't know about the podcast portion. Yeah, it might be like Stitcher. Yeah. Stitcher usually runs an ad. Before your episode, which some people have a bone to pick with. <laughs> I can I can understand. Yeah. I listened to PodCoin all day at work today, and I didn't hear a single ad that mm-hmm. wasn't like part of the show. Yeah. So. So thanks to PodCoin. All right, let's get into it. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? Well, we both saw It Chapter 2. Yeah. Came out, let's see. Came out last, last Thursday. Yeah. Correct? The uh, Also, before we proceed, uh, another shout out to Movie Drone. Uh, they do an episode a little similar to episodes like this. They talk about recently seen, and they always have a, a movie that's kind of their main review. Mm-hmm. They kind of go more in depth. Their episode on It Chapter 2 will be coming out this weekend on Sunday. It's going to drop. Yeah, so check them out. looking out for that. They're one of the top... British podcast, mm-hmm. according to something called NME. Yep. Which apparently used to be a magazine. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I would go so far as to say they're the top most British podcast. <laughs> Very that, British. That's how we became acquainted. <laughs> uh, I pointed out, uh, I believe I did a, a review on iTunes for them where I pointed out that they are very British. <laughs> In fact, they are British as fuck. Yes, indeed. But they're brilliant. Yeah. As they say very often. They really put in a good effort <laughs> on their episodes. And they really enjoy it. And actually, we have a promo for them. So, we'll play that right now. Have time for another podcast and enjoy listening to two idiots discussing films? Then look no further. We are Movie Drone Podcast, two mates sitting down to discuss new releases, nostalgic films and anything and everything in between. He's Steve. And he's Mark. Together we answer listener questions and set each other homework, giving each other a film to watch that the other hasn't seen in the hope of unearthing hidden gems. You can download us on iTunes, Podbean, as well as Google search us to find us on loads of different platforms. Or email moviedronepodcast at hotmail.com. I think that's all. No chance, mate. Huh? You've forgotten everyone's favourite feature, Mark's movie impressions. Oh, I'd hope you've forgotten it too, to be honest. No chance of that, mate. You think you should do one. Hey, hate you. Come on, mate. Show them what you got. Hey, no bomb. Hey, no bomb. Yo, Adrian! <laughs> And if that hasn't put you off, give us a try. There's a small chance you won't regret it. All right. Okay. <laughs> Let's get it in chapter two. Uh, directed by Andy, is it Muschetti? Muschetti? Something like that. Probably something like that. Mm-hmm. Something Italian. Obviously, this is the uh, second part of a of a movie for uh, based off of Stephen King's novel it I heard the novel's very long from the book motherfucker from the book that it is and so is this movie yes it's two hours and 49 minutes mm-hmm. that's about 25 minutes longer than The Shining yeah probably this film stars Jessica Chastain James McAvoy Bill Hader Isaiah Mustafa Jay Ryan James Ranson, Andy Bean, Bill Skarsgård, Jaden Martell, Wyatt Olaf, Jack Dylan Grazer, Finn Wolfhard, Sophia Lillis, Chosen Jacobs, Jeremy Ray Taylor, Teach Grant, 
And Nicholas Hamilton. That's about it, right, for the main cast? I think so, say? yeah. Synopsis. 27 years after their first encounter with the terrifying Pennywise, the Losers Club have grown up and moved away until a devastating phone call brings them back. Dun, dun, dun. So, uh, I gave an eventually rating to It Chapter 1, and that was with that was based a off horrible your theater, experience. That was your theater experience rating. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I liked the movie, and I thought, you know, if I watch it again, I might like it more. And I actually, I haven't revisited it since I saw it in the theater. You should. I was going to rewatch it, and then I didn't get time to do it. Yeah. But so I, think, I, was, I was a little worried seeing all the grown-up versions of the kids, yeah. not being able to pick out, aside from a couple, mm. who's who. Yeah. But uh, they through look, a series of flashbacks, yeah. they kind of make it more clear, and I really appreciated that. And the actors look just like the uh, the kids that that portrayed the younger versions of them. Mm-hmm. Very similar. Well, except for the, the new kid, <laughs> who is slimmed down, pulls a Jerry O'Connell. Well, I thought facially he looked pretty. You know, like you could see that yeah. maybe... You could pull it off. I thought all the adult actors did a tremendous job of emulating the kids grown up. Yes. Especially Bill Hader. Yeah. He had a lot of funny lines in there. I've seen Bill Hader get a lot of love uh, on Twitter for his work in this. Uh, People are saying that he should win an Oscar, which I don't know if I'd go that far, but, uh, you know, he's really good. I thought everybody's really good. I really yeah. thought the acting was was very good in this. Um, I think I gave the the first one a, a soonish because mm-hmm. I watched it at home without distractions. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was fantastic. Uh, I also didn't realize that in the flashback scenes with the little kids, yeah, they use de aging CGI. I I thought the kids looked a little, you know, probably. I thought they looked younger dec- than in the first one. I thought it was the opposite. I thought they looked older. Like okay. I thought they looked a lot older. But uh, I was a little confused on the flashbacks too because I don't want to get it into it too much here because I don't think it'll. I don't think it's a spoiler, but oh, we'll save it for the spoilers. Okay. But yeah, because I watched season three of Stranger Things, and Finn Wolfhard is much older than he looks, you know, in it chapter two. So I thought, well, maybe they filmed all these scenes while they were making chapter one. Yeah, not the case. <laughs> they just filmed them and used de aging. Yeah, I don't know. To me, they they looked older. It was a little. That was kind of a jarring thing for me. It's like they look. I don't know. Maybe it's because I didn't rewatch the first one right before I watched the second one, so I couldn't really compare. Yeah, that could also be why I thought they looked younger. Yeah, I haven't watched the first one since the theater, but but I thought they looked. I thought they looked older. I thought they looked bigger. Uh, like facially, they looked like they had matured a little bit. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, like I said, once we get into the spoiler stuff, I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. Um, with a little bit of my theories on the uh, the flashbacks. Mm. Yeah, I thought uh, Bill Skarsgård was great as Pennywise once again. Oh, my God. He's so good in that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of hard for me to rate because a lot of people have the affinity for it because of the miniseries with Tim Curry, kind of a, a movie, yeah. so to say. Mm-hmm. Uh because a lot of people watched it as kids, and it scared the shit out of them when they were kids. And I didn't watch it until, I don't know, eight years ago. I think I, I watched it. I fell asleep <laughs> towards the end. I think I watched it for the first time last year. Yeah, like I, I didn't think it was bad, but I was like, meh. The, the second half is bad. <laughs> okay. The second well, that's half probably is, why I fell asleep. The second half is terrible. The adult actors in the, uh, the first... Or the uh, 1990 How version. How dare you speak ill of John Ritter? Oh, he's terrible <laughs> in that role. Him and everybody else. And uh, I do kind of wish that James McAvoy had grown the ponytail out, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's clearly playing Stephen King. Like mm-hmm. We've mentioned this in some of our other episodes where Stephen King always, not always, but more often than not, there's a character in his movies oftentimes one of the main characters who's a writer and it's just like 
obviously Stephen King just like imagining himself in this role. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's more clear. It was very clear in the 1990 version, but it's almost more clear in this one because James McAvoy's character is a writer and everybody hates, hates the endings of his books. <laughs> <laughs> And they harp on that for several scenes. Yeah. And uh, obviously Stephen King has gone through that because a lot of the books that he's adapted in the movies or have been adapted in the movies, they've changed the endings. And uh, the one I know for sure is The Shining. Mm -hmm. uh, He he hates the movie version of The Shining because they changed the ending of the, the story. And Stephen King has no taste when it comes to film. (laughs) yeah i mean as i said i don't have a huge affinity for it it isn't wasn't part of my childhood growing up Mm -hmm. Uh, i still like these quite a bit Uh, i don't know maybe i i'll probably just give it an eventually although i could change my rating once i rewatch the first one yeah the second one again i think it'll pair really well you know Mm -hmm. if you have five hours to set aside (laughs) to watch both chapters but uh, yeah, eventually. Eventually. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. So um, I probably liked the first one a little bit better, um, but I still think this one's really good. And I agree that it pairs really well with the, like it, it's a great continuation of the story. Yeah. So uh, I'll give it a soonish. Soonish. Do you want to go next or shall I? Uh, I can go next. I only have a couple movies that I've seen recently, so they're not horror movies. I saw a movie uh came out in 2019. It's called Don't Let Go. It was directed by Jacob Estes. He also wrote the screenplay. Stars David Oyelowo. Is that how you say his yeah. name? David Oyelowo. Sure, that guy. Uh, Storm Reed. Byron Mann, uh, McKelty Williamson, Alfred Molina, Chanel Azoro. That's about it. Synopsis. After a man's family dies in what appears to be a murder, he gets a phone call from one of the dead, his niece. He's not sure if she's a ghost or if he's getting mad. No, if he's going mad. But as it turns out, Okay, that's a spoiler. As it turns out, he's not. <laughs> so, the premise of this movie is absurd. So, as it said, uh, his uh, brother's family, his brother, his brother's wife, and uh, their daughter are murdered brutally in their home. And then, several weeks later, he gets a call from his niece. And his niece is calling him from before the murder. So it's like a time-traveling phone call. It only works one way. Dumb premise. (laughs) But they managed to pull it off pretty well. Okay. Uh, So, and they, they keep it pretty simple. Like, they don't, you know, they don't try to figure out why the, why the phone call travels through time. Uh, and so like, they don't give you a lot of time to dwell on it either. They're like, okay, this is confusing. I don't know why it's happening, but it's happening. So I got to do something about it. Hmm. And so I thought they did a good job of kind of taking that aspect out of your mind. So, you know, if you're following along, you won't dwell on how dumb the premise is. Right. So it keeps you pretty locked in and kind of you know with with the action and it's it's a pretty good thriller um and i i enjoyed it uh a good amount i would recommend people see it eventually eventually i saw a film from 2016 terrifier it's available on netflix that's a good one directed by damien leone starring David Howard Thornton, Jenna Cannell, Samantha Scafidi, Catherine Corcoran, Puya Mosani, Matt McAllister, Katie McGuire, and Gino Caffarelli. 
Synopsis. A maniacal clown terrorizes three young women on Halloween night and everyone else who stands in his way. So you've been harping on me to uh, see this movie for quite a while. Uh, you gave it a soonish, I remember, as I recall. Yeah. Uh, Steve from Movie Drone also loves this movie. It's fantastic. So David Howard Thornton is pretty incredible as uh, Art the Clown. Doesn't speak a word the entire film. Yep. Basically a mime. Um, and he's very good at, I guess, being uh, emotive. His facial <laughs> expressions are amazing. Yeah. Makes it pretty creepy uh, all throughout the film and also darkly funny as well. Mm-hmm. What I found more impressive with this film is actually the budget. I found out it was made for about $100,000. Really? Which is pretty crazy for nowadays. Because they had uh, some fantastic special effects in there, too. I actually saw David Howard Thornton at Crypticon this past weekend. Did you? I did. I went there for a little mini Twin Peaks reunion, so I had to go check that out. Mm -hmm. Take pictures with Laura Palmer and Bobby Briggs. But not with David? Uh, I took a picture of him. (laughs) (laughs) Did you? uh, I should show you the picture because... You I, t- I took a picture to send to Steve from Movie Drone because I was like, oh, yeah, I'm here with your buddy, that type of a thing. Yeah. And there, so David Howard Thornton was at a booth, and he was he got up to walk somewhere, and I took mm. a picture of him just when he got up, and he must have looked right at me as I'm taking the picture because <laughs> he has this look on his face like, you motherfucker, you know, like. <laughs> We're not a bunch of animals in a fucking zoo. Right. Because you know? they sell pictures. Yeah. I mean, selfies with them. Mm-hmm. Which usually go for about 20 bucks. Pop. <laughs> now, I wasn't a huge fan of this movie, which kind of contradicts what I've just been saying about it. Yeah. But so I wasn't like, well, I'm not going to go spend 20 bucks and give him. So I just want to take a picture of him. But he gave yeah. me this look like he's going to fucking kill me. It's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> we follow each other on Twitter. Yeah. I think he follows a lot of people on Twitter, but no, but uh, a buddy of mine works at the theater uh, was also there mm-hmm. and he wasn't the biggest fan of terrifier either, but he still found it interesting. and was talking to David Howard Thornton about it. Mm-hmm. And he said that, that uh, I don't really want to spoil anything, but uh, let's just say that the, the, the cadaver that they used for that scene. Yeah. Not a cadaver because that's probably a, technically a, a dead body, but mm. the uh, I don't know the special effects, the fake body that they used for maybe the most famous kill <laughs> in the movie yep. was uh, they only had enough money for one, and he had to get it. <laughs> he had to get the shot right. They only had you know one try at it, so that was pretty right. impressive to do what they did with a, a hacksaws involved, and that's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, for $100,000, the special effects and, like, the blood was incredible, I thought. Absolutely. Yeah. I would I would say it's worth watching for for that alone, probably, mm-hmm. um, with also uh, his performance as Art the Clown. Now, I think why maybe I wasn't just, like, a huge fan of it is because maybe because of the budget in that it was probably filmed... Like I'm sure they could have gotten more tension out of his performance, mm-hmm. not not from him, but like the way they shot it, yeah, and things like that. So I think there's a Terrifier two that's coming out. I'm sure they'll there have is. a bigger budget, and I, I wouldn't know, be surprised if I liked that one quite a bit more. I know they did a GoFundMe for the second one, and they hit their. I think they went well over their goals. Yeah, so this one's a tricky one for me. I'm not sure what I want to give it. Um, it it is fun uh there's decent scares in there uh it's very it's a confined space where i can kind of believe the hundred thousand dollar budget because most of it takes place in a building yeah a building i thought that was part of the charm was yeah that, you know it you it's can a tell it's a bit of a throwback slasher yeah it's 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 low budget and they they really stretched their dollars out and uh made the most of it mm-hmm. but uh yeah you gave it a soonish i will give it and eventually Eventually. I think with David Hard Thornton's performance, 
the lack of a budget and the special effects and blood was pretty impressive. It's definitely worth it for his performance. And then especially if you like Grindhouse style horror movies. Yes. Very bloody, exploitative, that type of thing. Yeah. All right. What else did you watch? All right. Here's another one that was in the theater that's not in the theater anymore. Uh, From 2019, Killer Man. Uh, directed and written by Malik or Malik Bader, starring Liam Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth, Emery Colin, Diane Guerrero, Zlatko Biric, uh, Saraj Sharma, Nicola Shrelly, uh, some other people. People you probably haven't heard of. Synopsis. Uh, Mo Diamond is a New York City money launderer who wakes up with no memory and millions of dollars in stolen cash and drugs. He must soon scour the streets in search of answers while trying to dodge a crew of violent and crooked cops. So yeah, so uh, Liam Hemsworth plays Mo Diamond. He's kind of the main character. And uh, he's good friends with uh, this guy they call Skunk. And Skunk is the nephew of a big time crime boss who's uh kind of trying to go legit mm-hmm. but before that he hires mo diamond to launder like millions of dollars and so they're collecting all the money and uh he says stop it you know we're, we're gonna put everything on hold but skunk's got this big idea that they're gonna you know pull off their own deal and then they're going to make a whole bunch of money back and you know things go wrong and it results in an accident that uh leaves mo diamond without a memory of who he is mm-hmm. it's a pretty solid uh crime thriller uh i i thought it was you know kept my interest throughout it was uh you know a solid story uh had some pretty good swerves in there, had uh, some good action. Some uh, I thought Liam Hemsworth had a pretty good uh, job of acting in there. Um, I really liked the the crime boss, that Zlatik Burich or Zlatko yeah. or whatever. Which I don't know, he's just like one of the grossest looking people I've ever seen. <laughs> but <laughs> he's he's vaguely Eastern European, so uh, he's got a bit of an accent too. But I was surprised at uh, at how solid this was, um, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty fun uh, thriller action movie. Uh, so I'm kind of borderline with it because you know it's it's generic in a lot of ways, but it's also unique in some other ways. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm kind of debating between a last resort in and eventually um but i i think i liked it enough to to call it eventually all right eventually so the final film we're gonna talk about is from 1987 hellraiser hellraiser saw hellraiser for the first time if you can believe that that is hard to believe Mm mm-hmm I think I know where you're going with it, because you you didn't have any pictures of you and uh, Pinhead. (laughs) Yeah, Doug Bradley was also at Crypticon. On his birthday? It was his birthday. Did you wish him a happy birthday? I didn't. You know, he had a lot of fans there. (laughs) Signed a lot of autographs, take a lot of pictures. I'm pretty sure he was uh, like a Shakespearean stage actor before he got hired for uh, Hellraiser. Jesse Ventura was there, and I didn't even go and see him. I've met him before. That's old, that's old hat. Well, you're close personal friends. You don't. <laughs> you don't need to see him when he's working. <laughs> I'm surprised they got him out of Mexico. Yeah. Although it's it's probably pretty warm down there right now. Yeah. Uh, so, Hellraiser was directed by Clive Barker, also written by Clive Barker, the novel The Hellbound Heart. From the book, motherfucker, from the book. Starring Andrew Robinson, Claire Higgins, Ashley Lawrence, Sean Chapman, Oliver Smith, Robert Hines, Anthony Allen, Leon Davis, Kenneth Nelson, 
Doug Bradley, Nicholas Vince, Oliver Parker, Simon Bamford. That's about it. Synopsis. An unfaithful wife encounters the zombie of her dead lover. The demonic Cenobites are pursuing him after he escaped their sadomasochistic underworld. Sadomasochistic underworld. S&M. Indeed. Oh, great. You're into bondage. <laughs> Speaking of S&M, uh, I think it was before Killer Man. They had a trailer for Metallica S&M 2. And it's going to be aired live in theaters across the nation one night only. Don't say. Because everybody's like, hey, remember that album where Metallica played with the San Francisco Symphony? <laughs> I wish they would do another one of those <laughs> with all their music that they put out since then because it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, I am love horror and huge into 80s films, so this should be right up my alley. I've always heard so much about Hellraiser. It's something. It is something. Uh, I will say practical effects, the special effects and makeup was incredible. Yep. Uh, great looking stuff in there. Um, Doug Bradley was good as Pinhead. Mm-hmm. But I found myself not really caring for most of the movie. <laughs> like Nothing about it really grabbed me. And I think some of it was because of the lack of exposition. Yeah. Or I guess the exposition that they had was just convoluted. Right. Because it revolves around this puzzle box. Mm-hmm. It's the first guy finds and it opens, I guess, a, a portal to another world where the Cenobites come in. Mm-hmm. And but it chains and hooks. Yeah. They, uh, they grant pleasures of heaven and hell. Or like basically, they grant mm. you the pleasures of heaven and hell, but ba- ba- mainly just hell, because <laughs> they made it seem like pleasures of heaven were possible, but nobody seems to get the pleasures of heaven. Right, <laughs> it's all hell. Some of it was interesting. Um, there was a uh, Ashley Lawrence was also at Crypticon. She's the the main girl. She's the daughter. Okay. Uh, she was she was good. Other. Actors are fine, but like the way they, ex- I would have liked more exposition. I don't think they explain things too well because mm-hmm. like the puzzle box, it didn't really show because it, it opened in different ways. It did different things, Yeah, but it never showed how you made them do things differently. People just kind of grabbed the box and it just kind of did whatever the fuck it wanted. Right. And then she starts like pointing it at things and it's like zapping people or <laughs> not zapping people. And I'm like, what What the fuck is this? Like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, most of the movie is uh, the cheating wife killing just random dudes. Yeah, to feed blood so that her dead lover will come back yeah. to life. Yeah, and then it soaks into the reform. floorboards. Mm-hmm. And then he, yeah. So I got to say I was disappointed in Hellraiser. Like, after I got done watching it, there's, like I said, there's some things I liked, but I have no ambition to watch Hellraiser 2 or any other sequels. Yeah, I've, I've seen Hellraiser care. 2 and it's it's not really worth it. Yeah. I mean, especially if you don't like the first one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I will give it a last resort. It's a last resort. Yeah. It's disappointed in Hellraiser. 80s horror movie that I didn't <laughs> like. I totally understand. Because it's... I, like the first time I watched it, it was like, wow, that was uh, that was something. <laughs> I think I liked it a little better second time, but like it's it's definitely not one of the one of the ones that I would go back to and watch again and again. Yeah, uh, the buddy I was talking about from work uh, was talking to David Howard Thornton. He he loves Hellraiser, so he went to the Doug Bradley Q and A and oh, said yeah. he was uh, very witty in there, and it was a lot of fun. So. He's classically trained. Yep. Surprised he isn't credited as Douglas Bradley. Sir Douglas Bradley. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah, from Liverpool. I don't know for a fact that he was a classically trained actor, but I kind of... Don't you just kind of assume that for British people? <laughs> well, I, I kind of assume that, but I vaguely maybe remember hearing that somewhere back, way back when. But it's funny to me that 
he kind of got stuck in that role because I don't know what else he's done because he did about a million Hellraiser sequels as Pinhead. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just seems so strange to get somebody so proper doing a movie about S&M bondage and uh, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, I think that about does it. Well, I think we... Uh, I, I mentioned it on the last recently seen episode, but I have a challenge for you. This is a challenge. And it's not really a horror movie, but there's a lot of horror elements in it. It's, mm-hmm. it's very dark, gothic type of uh, cinematography. and Well, it doesn't have to be a horror movie, even though it's the horror extravaganza. But... They want to kind of tie it in there. Yeah. So that's fine. The uh, next one I'm going to uh, assign you is a horror movie. So, and it's called The Crow. I know. I've never seen it. I'm so ashamed of myself. It's I'm embarrassed. It's like a cross between a superhero movie and a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And Ernie Hudson plays a cop. Yeah. You just like it because of the sting tie ins. <laughs> <laughs> this one's this is probably better than Sting. <laughs> I was never a huge Sting fan back in the day. So it was, uh this is good. Like I said, Ernie Hudson really stretches his acting jobs in the role of a police officer. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sounds good. Uh check it out. All right, yeah. The next recently seen episode. I will discuss that movie, sans spoilers, and then at the end of the episode, I'll talk about The Crow with spoilers. Yep. Even though it's a bit of an older movie, you probably could just spoil it, because I'm damn near the only one who hasn't seen it. I mean, it's a pretty basic revenge story. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, we'll kind of wrap up the show now, and then if you've seen uh, It Chapter 2 and want to listen to us talk about it a little more in depth with spoilers... You can stay until after we wrap it up. Yeah. So you can reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or brett at positivelywolf1. And please rate and review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcoin, and Spotify. And many other podcast apps as well. Yeah. And that merch site again is teespring.com slash stores slash WTM watch this movie. And again, you can uh, find that link on my Twitter profile if you uh, don't want to remember the whole URL. Yep. And uh, it's probably in my pinned tweet also. All right. Final warning for spoilers for It Chapter 2. Here they come. Yeah. Um, some of the things I was more impressed by was uh, it seemed like they used more. I mean, there's plenty of CGI in here, but there's some more practical effects. I really like the uh, the scene in the bath or the bathroom stall. Yeah, I, I noticed that there was a lot more practical effects, and I was really blown away by a lot of it, too. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, the bathroom where she gets stuck in the bathroom stall and like the the river of blood is coming through. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty fucking sweet. Mm-hmm. With all the characters trying to break in. Yeah. Now I guess the only thing that doesn't really, I guess, grab my attention with it. I guess why I'm not the reason I'm not that into it mm-hmm. is I guess partly because I haven't read the book. Yeah. And. Maybe it would have helped if I would have rewatched the first movie again, but I'm not always sure of the rules, you know, like it can pretty much be anything. It's it. It's yeah. kind of, you know, be whatever, which doesn't exactly interest me all that much, but like take a movie like the thing, mm-hmm. love the thing, terrific film. I feel like the rules in that, cause that's a similar type scenario where it can pretty much imitate anything yeah. that is living, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but they kind of set up the rules, I think, pretty pretty well. You kind of know what the rules are, at least by the end of the film. Yeah. And so 
maybe it's just a thing where I'm not that familiar with it because I haven't read it and watched the first one in a while. But sometimes that's a bit of a, like, I, I feel like I don't know all the rules. Yeah, I, that didn't really bother me. Um, just because they, you know, every time that, you know, something happens, you're just like, oh, that's it. You yeah. Know, it can do, you know, can turn into an old lady and mm-hmm. have her saggy tits I thought, that, I thought that was the scariest part of the movie. <laughs> I was able to avoid most of the trailers for this because I don't watch all that much live TV. Yeah. And, uh, like, I I watch most trailers I watch online, you know, on Twitter or IMDb or something. The first trailer was pretty much just that whole scene. Yeah. But I don't think I saw after she transforms and kind of lurches out at her. They uh, they didn't really show her, but they showed, like, the, the point of view of her coming at Jessica Chastain. Yeah. Um, they didn't – obviously, they can't show Naked Granny on the – the trailer yeah um even on red band i don't think they would uh but even having seen that scene so many times like that was a great scene there's yeah. a shit ton of tension in there mm-hmm. and then uh you see uh you know granny go to get her cookie like she's like sweating right yeah like you i don't know why she was so hot kind of tweaking out in the background yeah and then just out of nowhere just boo, 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 boo. Yeah, I mean, you're expecting it because there's there's a lot of jump scares in here. Yeah, uh, but uh, it still freaked the hell out of me. It was it was a pretty good scene. Um, so I think it, probably because of the tension, how good that scene was. Yeah. So with the uh, the flashbacks, what I wanted to bring up, I think it kind of goes along with your. You're not really sure of the rules, um, so. Like. The flashbacks, so when each of them goes to get their token, right? They each get their, whatever, 15 minutes or 20 minutes to get their token. And then they each remember a uh, a thing that happened to them 27 years ago. But what kind of confused me was they made it seem like those flashbacks were remembering stuff that happened after they defeated Pennywise. Yeah. But Pennywise was in each of the the flashbacks. Mm -hmm. So that got me to thinking, well, those are false memories. Pennywise is just fucking with them. And he's, you know, making them remember these things that didn't actually happen. So that he can go in and kill them, you know, when they're in their childlike phase. Yeah. Because they had like the one for the the fat kid who was in the classroom with the uh, the projector and then Beverly comes in and she's smoking and then he's like going to go kiss her and she's like, ha ha no, you're fat. I'm not going to kiss you. Mm-hmm. Well, like, obviously that never happened, right? Yeah. And then she turns into Pennywise or Pennywise shows up and, you know, that kind of fucks with his mind. So like each one I thought that, you know, at first, you, on the surface, you think, oh, that's just a flashback of something that actually happened. They're actually remembering that. But uh, after thinking about it more, it seemed to me that that was just Pennywise fucking with them. Yeah. Because, yeah, I was kind of thinking of the same thing at the time, like when they're going through their quote-unquote memories or flashbacks. Yeah. I just kind of thought that, like, for example, Finn Wolfhard's character, uh, Richie. Mm-hmm. He's at like the park, and there's the balloons, and uh, Pennywise is on top of the statue. I think he's hanging out there with a bunch of balloons. Yeah. And then Paul Bunyan comes to life and starts attacking him. Now I just figured that was all in their head. Yeah. If because like you said, Pennywise is defeated, so they were probably just imagining it at the time, but. The story with the new kid involves one of the other losers. Yeah. So I guess he would have had to imagine just her there the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's probably what it was. Maybe there's having nightmares because they're so traumatized after all the events. Because that's chapter one. That's one of the things, too, I think, is he just figures out what your biggest fear is. So, like, with the new kid, like, his biggest fear is being rejected by Beverly. And so he's like, well... Fuck it, Beverly rejected you, and this is what happened. Mm-hmm. And so, like, obviously that's his biggest fear, or one of them at least. Mm-hmm. So, 
in that scenario, that would be the uh, the thing that would scare him most. Um, I did see that there was a lot of people complaining about the opening scene. Yeah, I saw that too. With the uh, the hate crime. Yeah. And it- Which is really jarring uh, for a movie set in 2016. But, you know, I, I heard saw people were saying it was in the book. Yeah, that's what I read, that somebody said it's pretty much verbatim from yeah. the book. Obviously not 2016, but right. the hate crime is in the book. And it wasn't done for shock value. Like, and it makes sense more in the 1980s context because it seemed like it was, you know, it was written for that era. So you can see why people think it would be so jarring now. Um, However, you know, sometimes you do hear about stuff that happens like that, especially in small towns. So it was definitely a, a very... I don't. I don't want to keep saying jarring, but it was a key, it was a very jarring way to open the movie. I did find it funny that uh, publication out, I assume, is an LGBTQ publication. Yeah, who, probably. Yeah, also does film reviews. Uh, the headline on their article is Pennywise is surprisingly anti queer in it chapter two. Like that's your takeaway? Surprisingly. He's anti everyone. <laughs> he kill. He eats children. He's the eater of worlds. <laughs> yeah, I am the eater of worlds. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's what they're upset about. Yeah, or that you just mentioned or that a murderer murders. You just mentioned he eats children. Like that scene where he lures the girl under the the bleachers. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that and in the funhouse. Yeah, in the House of Mirrors. Oh, brutal. There's literally two children chomps. That was fucked up. I got to say, though, I think the scariest thing in both these movies for me is the ghost of Georgie. Oh, yeah. You lied and I died. You lied (laughs) and I died. You lied I died. Like, that's fucking freaky. Mm -hmm. And in the first one he was doing, the we all float here. Yeah. I think what does it for me... uh, with the old woman scene is how it was shot with the camera angle. You get the POV, but you also get some kind of you get from uh, Beverly's point of view too. Yep, and it's also a little cinema verite ish, I guess. With kind of you're like you're 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 right there with it. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of from the first one. There's that specific shot in the house when they're battling Pennywise in the house. Mm-hmm. And there's that camera shot from like behind him as he's going towards the kids. It was in all the trailers. I remember that was like a really cool shot. And it was like a tracking shot kind of. Yeah. And, uh, I think that was the most effective, uh, I guess. Well, it scared me the most in the first one was that scene, I think. Yeah. So I think for me is with Pennywise, it's how it was shot, but I, Bill Skarsgård is amazing in this role. Mm-hmm. Like people are concerned like, Oh, uh, what's his name? Tim, uh, Tim Curry was so great in the original version. And, like, Bill Skarsgård makes Tim Curry's Pennywise look like a fucking clown. Like a... <laughs> like a like a actual circus clown. Like a goofy cartoon mm-hmm. character. Yeah. Whereas, like, this Pennywise... I think it still has... <laughs> he has his place. It's kind of like, you know, the... He was Tim, Jack Nicholson Joker to the Heath Ledger Joker. Tim Curry's uh, Pennywise was definitely the best part by far of the original 1990 version. Yeah. But, like, he's so much more evil and dark mm-hmm. and just uncaring in this uh, newer version. And I like the fact that they actually went there. Like, the the miniseries was at a time where like pretty much everything on TV had to be PG. Mm-hmm. So like they couldn't do a lot of the stuff they do in an R rated movie. Yeah. And I think that gives them a lot more freedom to be, you know, way more evil than the Tim Carey character seemed mm-hmm. and less goofy. I did notice that his eyes were like, uh, one, yeah. one was always off to the side. Yeah. Yeah. He was, Obviously, darkly comic sometimes, but mostly just evil and sinister. 
Yeah. But uh, speaking of comic, there is some funny shit in here. I got to say, my funniest scene for me was in the pharmacy. And the pharmacist, the creepy pharmacist is like, oh, let me go get that. <laughs> he farts and then walks off. I could not fucking stop laughing. I for like 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, God, that was oh, funny. Man. I liked when they were at the Chinese restaurant and all the fucking fortune cookie stuff. Uh, that was that was pretty sweet. Yeah, it was pretty inventive. Where they're like, uh, they, it's... It spelled out what I uh, guess Stanley couldn't cut it. Yeah. Knowing that Stanley had uh, slit his wrists. Mm-hmm. And then like all the cookies start hatching into these different creatures. Mm-hmm. And then they show it from the waitress's point <laughs> of view. <laughs> yeah. and there's nothing there. They're just beating the table. <laughs> we'll take the check. <laughs> I like the interaction with the child fan too. Uh, Richie's uh, fan at the restaurant as they're leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he just thinks it's Pennywise again, but it's just a small child. Yeah. I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> yeah, Bill Hader was terrific in here. He was hilarious. Favorite line of his was uh, when he's in the library and he's Mike was the uh, character who stayed, right? Yeah. Who called him all back when Mike was being attacked and he, he plunges a hash into that guy's head, the, the bully, right? Hmm. And he goes, that was uh, long overdue. Get it? Because we're in a library. <laughs> oh, that was good. Because I I didn't think of anything at first. Yeah. Because it was like it was like a revelation for his character to kind of stand up for himself because he was kind of a, a coward yeah. up until then. So it definitely worked two ways. Mm-hmm. That was long overdue, and I was like, yeah, you finally stood up for yourself. He goes, you know, because we're in a library. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Speaking of the bully. I get, what was his name? Do you remember his name? Uh, I forget. But that stuff was a little confusing because he's in the insane asylum. Mm-hmm. And then like his ghost friend just shows up and starts driving him around. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> I guess you just assume that he's imagining that and he's actually driving. Yeah, that I don't know. That stuff, I didn't... Uh, it didn't make a lot of sense, but like... I was at the point where, like, you guys can do whatever the fuck you want because this movie is bananas mm-hmm. already. So I, I'm i all in on your goofy, uh, nonsensical stuff. Yep. You want to talk about Stephen King's cameo? <laughs> Looking a little worse for the wear. <laughs> He's so fucking bitter about people not liking the endings <laughs> of his book. I was just thinking because... You know, they show James McAvoy on the the set and he's supposed to rewrite the ending of the movie based on mm-hmm. his book and he doesn't want to do it. And they just keep harping on it and harping on it and harping on it. And I was just thinking, man, Stephen King must have had a lot of creative input on this script because they will not shut up about people hitting the endings of his books <laughs> and movies. And then there he is. He's showing up as the antiques uh, store clerk or whatever. Mm-hmm playing the curmudgeon and then he's got to put the dig in there too just to you know drive the point home yeah i haven't seen him since uh creep show probably he's in creep show he's in one of the segments of creep show and then he has the that cameo in maximum overdrive okay i don't know if i've seen him in much else i'm sure he's done other cameos maybe on tv he definitely doesn't do like a Stan Lee thing. He doesn't make yeah. cameos in all his movies. No, I was surprised that he was in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of people will be. You know, um, I don't know. Anything else you want to talk about? Talk about the ending maybe? or I mean, the ending was great. I think the one thing that hurts this movie is uh, the end. I'm the <laughs> eater of worlds. What, destroy, what did he say? I'm the eater of worlds. <laughs> I'm the eater of worlds. <laughs> I think the one thing that kind of hurts this one is the ending is basically the same as the first one. Yeah. You know? Because I was, I was trying to think back how they defeated him in the first one. Wasn't it pretty similar? Like, he turns into that spider thing, and it's in the same area. I think they end up stabbing him. I can't remember. They just In the happens. first one, do they have to, like, believe it? Kind of like in the second one? They yeah. Like, have to, has to believe it? It's very similar. But this one, they I mean, that doesn't defeat him. Them insulting him does. Yeah, making there, him feel small. There's only one. There's more than one way to make him small. Mm-hmm. 
Which also, like, you know, they established early on, and in the first movie as well, if you, you know, he only manifests himself because of the fear. If you know that it's not real, he basically disappears. And they Mm -hmm. use that uh, early on in this movie. You know, it's not real, it's not real, and he disappear. And then it seemed like they, like, that stopped working. Yeah. Maybe because, well, the fear started grabbing a hold of them again. You could explain it that way but i was just kind of like why don't you guys just do that every time it wouldn't solve the problem you wouldn't kill him but i guess that's their end game is they need yeah. to kill him well I, I think the reason he got so powerful at the end is because mike had his uh you know shaman whatever spell or whatever that he was gonna use to dispatch of uh pennywise and it didn't work and so that gave them even more reason to fear yeah because it's like, oh, shit, that didn't work. Now what? Now, Mike didn't need a token, right? Because he never left. I can't remember what his token was. I think well, he, he is one. the token. <laughs> 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 he didn't need one because he is. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So you get that little. Uh, that scene there where they're all throwing their tokens in and having a good, you know, reminiscence and you kind of get the feels and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. and then it's like, uh, that didn't work. No, what? So, but I, I thought they, you know, it was super exciting and, and great. The, the final fight scene. And I thought the special effects on Pennywise being melted into the rock was pretty sweet. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I will say you know, I was kind of dreading the the runtime. Yeah, but I thought it moved very fast. It definitely didn't feel like a two hour and forty five minute movie. It's yeah, two forty nine. But there's a lot of credits, a lot of special effects. You know? I, I think I mentioned like the runtime is mostly because they give each character like an equal amount of time to flesh out their story. Yeah, and there's like six of them, so like it takes a while when you're given six characters fifteen to twenty minutes to go you know, find their token and remember, you know, what happened to them and get, you know, terrorized by Pennywise and then you go to the next one. I mean, it, it takes a lot of screen time, but, uh, you know, if you're going for a, a true ensemble cast and type of movie, like you have to spend the time on each character to, to flesh out those stories. Mm-hmm. Liked it better than Endgame though. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think uh, anything else? No, I think we touched on a lot of it. I like I said, I gave it a soonish, so I would recommend everybody go see it. Yeah, as long as you've seen the first one. Yeah, <laughs> I think it really helps to to see them in order. Yep. All right, we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Later. Man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you about? later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you off my case.